Before we begin today's story, I want to take a moment to talk about how you can support this show and the work being done with the project. Everything I do is in joyful service of the same goal, to help people connect with their shared lived experiences so that we may heal together from the inside out. Asking for money, or any help for that matter, is not something that comes naturally to me, especially when I have a paying job and people naturally might assume that I can keep up with the pace. So instead of burning myself out, I'm practicing what I preach and asking for the support I need to keep going. In order to justify the time it takes to write and produce this podcast and its accompanying newsletter, I'm asking for your support. Your subscription for $5 a month, and that's it, makes it all possible. If you're a free subscriber, you get my weekly story project newsletter and my What's Your Story podcast episodes for free delivered right to your inbox without doing anything at all. And it's important to me that everyone who wants access to my content can get it, regardless of their means. But if you're looking for something specific, more personal and connected, then upgrading your subscription for $5 a month is the way to do it. You get everything that I've already listed above, plus an added new layer of interactive features beyond the typical podcast offerings of ad-free listening, such as full access to my regular subscriber Q&As, where each week I answer a handful of reader questions about mental and physical health, as well as share some of the deeper details from the stories you hear right here on the podcast. You get periodic Google Meet Hangouts with me, bonus episodes of this podcast, and the ability to pitch stories and or ideas for the newsletter. Not to mention access to my full archive of content and other fun extras like live chat sessions and more. Buckle up, because becoming a paid member of this newsletter and its accompanying podcast is now the best way to support my content and to become a more active part of the storyteller community. And even without using any of the new features I listed, becoming a paid subscriber means that you're committing to helping me grow this platform and share stories in order to bring people closer together and collectively heal from whatever troubles us. This week's story, in short, is one that entails an individual who is so numb, bouncing from experience to experience, striving for and from accomplishment to accomplishment as they sought out attention and love, until that no longer worked for them. Whether it be the needs of childhood not being met by divorced parents, getting kicked out of two high schools, failing out of college, getting arrested, losing their dream due to a devastating injury, or investing in the ego. All these events led to them to turn inward. The journey inward was necessary as anxiety and mild depression crept into their life the more and more they ran from their true self. Today, as someone who has and is turning inward, life looks totally different, totally different for Matt. And while this intro may sum up his story pretty well, the full picture can't be seen unless we hear it all. And we really should. So from Fragile Moments and Not Today Media, I'm JD. And this is story number 43 of the What's Your Story podcast, Decoding Success.
JD, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. I know I didn't even mention my name yet, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for Absolutely. the opportunity to be here. I know you are the type of person that I could probably talk to throughout the entire yeah. day. Uh, I, I just looked at the clock. We've been rolling for some time, so I just wanted to say thank you for this right. opportunity. And uh, to everyone out there, my name is Matt Labrie. Uh, very, very grateful for this opportunity once again. I am a, just a born and raised New Yorker who inevitably caught the hustler spirit that fills my hometown streets. Uh, someone that has had immense polarities in life of the highs and the lows. Uh, very, very deep lows, which do catapult you into very, very high highs. Yeah. And being able to try and surf those waves is the best way to describe who I am in the shortest form. So this conversation can go in many which ways, and I'm excited to see where we go from here. Awesome, awesome, Matt. Uh, so tell me, where's your, where's the story begin then? The story begins in a household with two parents that were trying to do their best, but ultimately their best wasn't what I needed. Now, I can actually backtrack and say that it was what I needed, if we're talking about divine plans here, but what I needed wasn't met. And at that time, it was feeling neglected. And of course, I didn't know this growing up, but the emotional needs weren't, uh, weren't met. I felt like yeah. I was being pushed away by my mother. I felt like I was trying to be lived through by my father. And that led me down what I would potentially consider a course of destruction. We're talking about acting out in the most immature ways just to ensure that I was receiving the attention that was necessary for me at that mm. point. And that, you know, led to the principal's office often just because that would get the phone home or the phone call to mom to make sure yeah. she knows that I'm there while I'm sitting there laughing. My principal's calling me a brazen little thing. I'll never forget that term. Oh, um, gosh. And <laughs> that's that just, you know, continued to develop. It, it led to not getting accepted into any high schools here in, in New York City, which you're essentially zoned to a public school. Yeah. I went to private school my whole life. That's what my parents wanted me to do, but I never got accepted into them. Uh, this is after my parents got divorced, but they were still working together to ensure that I had a good life, a great life at that. But luckily, I had athletic, uh, athletic abilities that led me to get in. But lo and behold, I got kicked out, went to another school, got kicked mm -hmm. out. Yeah got arrested, um, lost my dream of playing professional sports when I, when I uh, had a pretty severe injury, uh, went to college, failed out of college, blew life savings, just trying to maintain a certain image to feed the ego and make sure people viewed me a certain way. Yeah. Uh, and these are all the lows, right? There, there's many highs, but these are the lows uh, and what's transpired over the course of time. And ultimately, I'm very grateful for this. You know, life brought me to a juncture where I had to get hit by the two by four of life, JD. I'm not sure yeah. if you've experienced that, but I'm curious if you have. You ever no, felt that two I, by four? I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily call it the two by four, but I, like there's just the universe in my opinion. Um, and I always, I always tell people that uh, the universe slaps you hard in the face once in your life. Mm. And you have two choices at that point. You either go and say, okay, I, I felt that and I heard it. I'm paying attention now. Or your choices to 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 you know not acknowledge that and just say, all right, I'm going to keep going what I'm what I'm doing. And that's not to say that second chances don't come around, but they're not going to be as obvious, um, in my opinion. So no, I different metaphor, but yeah. no, same belief, absolutely. Yeah, that two by four definitely woke me up. And while you know, just talking out loud here, I just want to point out while. 
I may be elaborating on the quote unquote low moments for the purpose of creating some sort of resonation with those that are listening. Maybe we don't have the same exact experience, you know, identical that I I do want to make sure that I'm saying that and also shine a light on how these things may not have necessarily served me long term. They did serve me short term. Yeah. Give you an example. I, I very much so was under the impression that money was going to heal the pain that I felt. Sure, right? I very much so was under that impression. And you want to know what? To an extent, it did. To an extent, it yeah. did. Uh, I'll never forget. I was in college. I, I failed out. I went, like I said, I went to private school my whole life. Uh, you go to school, you go to college. No one's calling mom and dad to let no. you know you're not in class. Nope. So I got a little, I got a little, I got trigger happy with that. You know, uh, I didn't understand the rule that, you know, you miss more than three classes, you automatically fail. So, uh, (laughs) well, I did that and I'll never forget this. You know, at that moment I failed out of college. My mother was battling cancer and this was really the start to the turning point. But I had all of this pain from everything, you know, getting arrested. I was betrayed by one of my best friends at the time. (laughs) or felt like I was betrayed all of that neglect that really built up over the course of time you know I had a mother who uh and I still have a mother by the way and I'm I'm very grateful for that she constantly threatened me with sending me off to military school you know that would make a kid really feel like you don't want him you don't want him exactly so I had all of this pain that was numbed I, I just kept moving from life experience to life experience and then as I'm making all of this money when I failed out of college and I'm, I'm very blessed and grateful for the opportunities I had had, it dawned on me three words forever shifted my life. And those three words were simple, legacy over currency. And in that moment, I'll never forget, I was sitting at a friend's restaurant. He was the uh, executive chef of his own restaurant, doing very well for himself. We were sitting in a, very transparently. We were sitting in the restaurant after close, smoking a joint. And I pulled up this YouTube video, and this is many moons ago, before YouTube was as big as it is today. <laughs> and I showed him this video, and it dawned on me. And I said, you know what? I'm not living to that. I'm not. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm living the complete opposite way. I'm so focused on money. And like I said, it definitely helped to an extent. Yeah. I'm so focused on money. But ultimately, that was not what was going to take me to the finish line. Like, who, who am I going to be remembered for? I was such an asshole to people. Like I really was not because I am an asshole, but because I was so hurt. Yeah, I was so damn hurt. So I was just projecting that hurt onto other people and seeing them feel some type of way about my negative remarks kind of gave me joy, which sounds so messed up. But you know, I I mean, I I can, I can completely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those three words forever changed the trajectory of where I was heading in life, which is, ultimately and graciously how i ended up to where i am today thank thankfully because i didn't want to go through life being that a-hole anymore that guy <laughs> but i mean see there you go right i mean that's that it not it doesn't seem like this like you know sh- you know huge aha light it doesn't you know appear like oh man like that's a that's that you know this was this big moment in this lesson but that was mm. like you mentioned like we all have our different moments and what what's a mistake for you may not be a mistake for me, you know, it may be just a, Oh, well, that was just another thing in my day, but for you, it might be, or, you know, the lesson there or whatever quote unquote trouble you're getting in a life. 
completely different, but I, I think there's, there's always something to be found there. Um, and your choice as to, you know, what to do with that, that moment. And here you are. I mean, we're just talking about, like you said, a simple YouTube video in three words, right? You know, anybody Absolutely. else would be like, yeah, whatever, like that's, that doesn't happen, you know, but you, whatever, whatever was happening in that moment caused you to pay attention to it. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That led me to realize how selfish I was, meaning always putting myself first. And ultimately it led me to become a servant, right? So I, I got my act together, got myself back in school, graduated with a two-year degree, furthermore moved on to go get my four-year, which essentially was, I was on the seven-year plan for a, a bachelor's degree. You know, I didn't come out with a doctorate. And um, <laughs> ultimately... I started to serve because I saw the students that were at my, you know, my, my now alma mater. I saw them not have anywhere near the amount of opportunities I've had in my life. Yeah. Now, like I said, you know, life, while I was focused for the uh, sake of resonation on low moments, I mean, I played baseball under, uh, you know, an MLB uh, MLB champion, a World Series champion. Like, that's an incredible opportunity. I was blessed to work as a business owner from 17 to 24 years old in New York City hospitality. Like, that is an opportunity that not many people get. Yeah. I was able to pay my way through college because my parents cut me off. Um, like, blessed with all these opportunities. And I said to myself, like, why are these students, like, why don't they have the same? And we could talk. Uh, being that it was in a, you know, uh, not the best of neighborhoods, the school and where these students were coming from. I said, I want to give them those opportunities. Yeah. So I started to serve and my service led me to being blessed with an absolutely incredible opportunity. And that opportunity was meeting Damon John of Shark Tank. He was coming to my college campus. I'll never forget. I was in my quote unquote junior year uh, on spring break in Dominican Republic, sipping a drink, laying on the beach when I saw my phone light up. And it said, CUNY, your college, City University of New York, your college. And I'm saying to myself, I paid my damn tuition. Why the hell are they calling me? <laughs> like, I know I paid it because I paid it myself. And the woman on the other end of the line was like, hey, like, do you want to meet Damon John? And I'm saying to myself, this woman knows me so damn well. She knows the answers. Yes. Like, why does she even have to call? Uh, but ultimately, I was one of three students to meet him. And I was the last person to shake his hand in the green room before he went on stage to do his fireside chat. I shook his hand, he looked at me, and he said, what the hell do they teach you here? Of good vibes off the bat, we had about a five-minute conversation, and by the end of it, I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you. And this is where the world comes full circle. He looked at me like I had 10 heads. I know I have one really sure. big head, <laughs> but he looked at me like I had 10. And he went on stage, he did his fireside chat. I had my mentor there with me. Being he wasn't a student, he wasn't allowed to sit with me. So after the event, we met up in the middle of the theater, we were the last two people to leave, so we thought. And out of my peripheral vision, I'll never forget, it was out of my left eye, I saw Santa Claus, or at least someone that looked like Santa Claus, walking up the <laughs> steps to exit the theater. And I said to my mentor, I'm like, this guy looks really familiar. Like, where do we know him from? And no, it's not Christmas. Um, it happened to be a gentleman that we worked with in hospitality. And that's how my life came full circle, because the gentleman that worked with us in hospitality, his name is George, just so happened to work with Damon John. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. 
I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is, we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships. Or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. And I was able to turn the service that I was putting forth at this school, changing my whole mindset of currency over legacy to legacy over currency paid off in that moment because George was able to get me an interview for an internship. And of course, my resume had something to do with it as well. But that interview turned into an internship. That internship turned into a job. That job turned into me being interviewed by Damon for what I'm doing in this world. And ever since I started to be of service, I built a library here in my local community. During the pandemic, I raised $15,000 to feed frontline workers and support small business here in New York City. Uh, I mentor all the time at um, an entrepreneurship cohort for 24 college institutions like really being of service and as are you with your show and it, it's an incredible and, it's an incredible shift well so go back though so you know as you talk about this shift there's there's one like moment before it there that you know you were saying that you realize you know all these people around you and like they don't have these mm -hmm. opportunities you 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 use a phrase though that other people can turn a completely and do turn the other way a lot in that, you know, your parents cut you off. You had to pay for everything. And so often, right, we hear people say in a very negative tone, well, my parents cut me off and I had to work for myself to, to get where I am. And while that sounds so, you know, courageous and, and difficult and, and you do reach this like proud moment, that tone though sets a different precedent for where you get to. You still have that mindset of currency over legacy, as you say. Mm. Where do you think your shift was different then in the sense that you looked at that and go, these are blessings. These are, these are not, you know, the greatest of opportunities. Yes. It's, it's a struggle and it's emotional struggle that my parents did cut me off. Where do you think the shift happened for you that you didn't take that negative tone? You looked at it and go, okay, these are opportunities. I don't have to hold that against myself or anybody else. That is a fantastic question, and I'll be fully transparent. It definitely didn't happen in the moment. Oh, yeah, I no. can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was not in the moment. I'll never forget walking into 
the I don't I don't remember the bursar office. Is that what it's called in uh, on a college campus where you pay your tuition? Like, yeah, I remember. I remember. Oh, did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. What's even more uh, is I that there. I remember that because college was a long time ago. <laughs> Right. So I would, I'll never forget walking into this office with a check that was going to take out $5,000 from my checking account or my saving account. Like, I'll never forget that. I had so much anger toward my parents because of that. So it wasn't in the moment. Sure. It was years down the road where I realized like, Hey, like if, if I decided when my, it was specifically my dad, if I decided when my dad cut me off from paying my tuition to not go back to school, where would I be? I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, maybe I would be in a similar place. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't be here. So it took years. And in fact, it brings me to a quote, actually an equation that is shared by someone that I really admire. His name is John Gordon. And by the way, when I say equation, I absolutely suck at math. So it has nothing to do with numbers. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, and especially when they brought numbers and letters together in math, I totally checked yeah, out. I was an algebra, uh, al- algebra teacher for 10 years um, amongst oh. many things teaching. And <laughs> I just found the solace in the fact that like, you, you know, I don't like it either kids. Um, but it, it does come to some kind of use. So let's bear with Absolutely. me. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. So it's going to come to use here. Uh, the equation is rather simple and you'll see how this connects in a second. It's E plus P equals O. And that stands for events plus perspective equals the outcome. Now, we don't get to control every single event in our life. I didn't get to control. uh, Maybe I did get to control my dad cutting me off because if I didn't fail out, he probably would have just paid. Yeah, he probably would have paid for it until he realized I was messing around and I wasn't serious. Um, But now I can look back with the perspective that I had to get serious because this was my own money. Yeah. Right. Like I was, I was on my own dime. Yeah. Uh, so while we would love to control, and when I say we, me would love to control every event that takes place in our life, life would be pretty dull and boring if that was sure, the case. Absolutely, right. Right. Um, so we don't get to control every event, but what we do get to control is our perspective as alluded to was in, yes, my parents cut me off. This is fantastic for me. <laughs> it was more like F them. You know, yeah. like this, that, like, why are you doing this to me? Is yeah. this another form of neglect? Is this another form of rejection? Like, do you not take me serious, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so all of that in mind, years down the road, I was able to develop a different perspective, which yeah. led to a different outcome. But it definitely didn't happen in the moment. I can sure. tell you that. No, absolutely doesn't. But I mean, the, the fact that it, it, it reached that point, you were obviously listening to you know, the, the things that were being said along the way, you know, both internally, mm-hmm. externally. And I think that's, that's a, that's a challenge, I think for a lot of people to, you know, not get caught up in the external, you know, rewards or the external attention and, and ultimately find yourself in, inside and that attention you really need comes from within. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it gets you to where, you know, not necessarily where you need to be, um, but probably the more sustainable, um, you know, place to be in the end. Absolutely. It actually took me years after to start to turn inward. You know, I, I was, I'll never forget. I, I was always someone that wanted to read a book outside of school. Uh, you know, I, I just wanted more for myself, but I thought quote unquote doing the work on me yeah. was 
reading the book or going to Tony Robbins events or this, that, and the other. And while those do serve a tremendous purpose, without a doubt, I'm not downplaying them. If you can't meet yourself on a certain level, those tools will not bring you to that level. Right. Like, uh, and the reason I share this is because this is all taking place in let's call it 2015, 2016, where, you know, major shifts are taking place. And it wasn't until 2020 when I finally learned to turn inward, right? And I finally learned all of what we're talking about here today. I didn't realize my needs weren't met growing up or that I was numb. I can't tell you before 2020, I can't tell you when I cried before 2020. Like I literally can't even tell you. But then that this is, you know, really where things started to shift and I was able to what I like to refer to as uncover myself versus discover myself. I think discovery was something I was trying to do, but it was, I I feel like discovery for me is outside of me. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think uncovering is exactly what it sounds like. Everything we need is within everything I need, everything you need, everything, everyone's listening, like everything is within. So we don't need to discover that. We need to uncover that. It's already there. Like you're, you're not, looking for anything you're just trying to get to those layers so in june of 2020 i remember it vividly i said to myself how am i achieving all that i'm achieving after i made that massive transition in my life how am i achieving all that i'm achieving yet why do i feel anxious why do i feel why am i experiencing like panic i never had panic where like where is this all coming from and in 2020 i was in a relationship with a fantastic woman great great woman still love her to this day but she was stroking my core wound rejection neglect all of it and i thought that's what love was because that's what my mother gave me yeah right that's what that's how love was viewed in my eyes at that time and i said to myself all right well if this is love you know, I need to work on myself. Like I I need to put myself in therapy. So this relationship lasts. Like I really thought I was the quote unquote issue here. Right. Yeah. And I led, it led me to therapy three sessions, four sessions, five sessions in my therapist is like, Matt, are you, are you realizing anything here? And massive, massive uncovering from 2020 on. And that is when I finally started to give myself what I needed the attention I needed, the self-soothing I needed, the emotional regulation I needed. Um, and I think life reset me in a, in a sense Yeah. with, with those moments, you know, I had to lose a lot to be able to, to get to this point. Sure. Um, you know, uh, if you're not able to handle something life gives you life might take it away. And that's what happened to me uh, or life won't take it away. You'll blow it away. You'll blow it away. Basically, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened, man. But therapy is uh, honestly what drastically changed my life for the better, ultimately. And uh, all of the numbness that I had alluded to, you know, it went from 1992 to 2020. From I was going to say, to take a look at that for a second, that, you know, when you talk about the work, you know, putting that work in, like, even you know, trying to put a number for some people, it's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I'll spend a year on myself, but it's not that you necessarily have to have a, a broken past or something traumatic happen or thing, but there's all those fragile moments that build up mm. that maybe they're addressed. Maybe they're not addressed, but 
your job is to kind of piece it all together as to, you know, what was being taught, what was being said, what do I need to know about myself that was, you know, in that moment that, I mean, I can tell you from being a middle school teacher for 10 years and, and, and having two masters under that, that we are not put together until we're like 25, like our physically, mm-hmm. our brains aren't. So of course we're not going to understand you know, what was going on when we were a kid, why you got arrested, why you were in the principal's office. And that's okay, you know, but now, and only figuring that out and you're okay with that. And again, so I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to make you answer that one now too, that like, how do you, how do you see yourself now looking at all those pieces? How are you able to look at it and go, you know what? It's okay that all that happened. This is what I'm going to do with that versus what, what seems to be the general, you know, consensus that they go, Oh, well, of course my mom was terrible. And well, of course, you know, because, you know, when I was five, you know, my dad said he didn't love me. Like those are the reasons why, like, how do you not have this like ball of like negative energy and make that push you to the work versus this? I'll give you the simplest answer and it ties (laughs) in directly to this podcast. It gives you a story to tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think about it. Like growing up as a kid, And you get a scar. I mean, I used to play in the street all the time. Manhunt, wiffle ball, basketball, football, two-hand touch, tag, red light, green light, all of that. And when you fall down and you scrape your arm, I have a scar on my elbow. (laughs) Gives you a story to tell. Yeah. You know, these things give us a story to tell. In the moment, you know, when I first started to find out, especially in therapy in 2020, and I'm still in therapy, by the way, but when I first started to find out that, you know, the core wound of motherhood or furthermore, you know, my dad trying to live through me when I was playing sports, like it really, really hurt to find that out, you know, and to just become aware of it. It really hurt. I had to face the pain, but now I get it. You know, like I said earlier, my parents did the best they could do. You know, they don't necessarily see eye to eye with all that, I do for myself because they don't do it for themselves. And that's okay. Uh, I actually, you know, I'm going to stop myself there. I'm curious to know your perspective on this. If you don't mind me asking you a question. Um, Do you think everyone is meant to heal? Hmm. Yeah, I I do. Um, You know what that, that definition means though, for everybody uh, is probably the thing that varies and the the, thing that you can't necessarily pin down. Um, Okay. You know, I, I mean, like I said, your, you know, traumatic moment in life might not be my version of that. You know, I might look at it and go, really? Like, mm-hmm. that's what you're upset about? That's what's been causing you pain for 10? And, you know, it, like, not to say that I'm like diminishing, but, you know, you might have that internal reaction that, like, that's not a big deal to me. Um, I'll give you an example. So I, I, call, I call it the to-do list. My brother and I are five years apart. He's younger. Um, if I ask him to do something. He lives far away now in Nashville, like I said, but if I were, if when we lived in the same city, if I asked him to do something, um, I could tell right away that he was going to say no, because he didn't respond very fast. But what was going on in his head was trickling through everything that he had on a to-do list and whether that was causing Mm -hmm. him worry or not. And the things that were on his to-do list might be something like laundry and dishes and, he hasn't eaten, so he has to go, you know, make lunch, you know, all these like, I'm going to say little things, because on the reverse side, for me, 
those aren't on my to-do list. Those are things that just happen in a day. So I'm not worried about those. I'm, you know, this is before two kids. So, you know, I might be worried that my car, I have to go bring it in for an oil change. So a little bit bigger, um, you know, kind of planning that out. But I think there's two people that they overwhelmed by small things like doing laundry in a day or they're not. And that's either one, either person is fine. And then it's just, it's an awareness of like what they need mm-hmm. to move forward. Um, so it's the same thing with whatever your life experiences, take that on a bigger scale that for you, you might need this large conversation for, you know, something seemingly minor in your life, whereas somebody else might, but, and your healing might be because of that event, you know, whereas somebody else's healing might not be just one event. It's a multitude of events and, you know, what that looks like at the end of, of the healing process, whenever that is, you know, you might, you know, be in complete nirvana and nothing matters to you mm-hmm. anymore. And you can sit in the Tibetan temple for the rest of your life and be okay with it. And some people it's like, okay, I can at least wake up every day. Um, you know, I think there's different versions of, of healing, but no, I, I think everybody can now do everybody. Does everybody want to heal? Is probably the better question. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Right. So I asked if everyone is meant to heal and in this lifetime without getting super metaphysical, cause that's not necessarily my jam. I personally don't think so. Um, does everyone have the capability to heal? Sure. I say yes. Sure. Right. I think that's what I, I, we're aligned in that regard, but no, I ask because, you know, ultimately like we have people in our life. I was just alluding to my parents. I just saw my dad in the gym this morning and he said, you know what? I think you might've got your anxiety for me, which I, I don't necessarily know how true that is, but he was like, and my dad's 63. This is the first time he's ever brought this up. <laughs> and he literally said that. And I'm like, dad, like, you know, he, he was at an event on Sunday and he was like, All right, I started getting really, really antsy. I don't get like that. And I'm like, well, you're 63, dude. Like, wake up. Like, <laughs> where have you popped up in your life? You know? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and my, I see it in my mother too. Just, yeah. you know, so much anger from everything she's experienced so much hurt but i mean i don't know i I don't know i don't necessarily know if they'll ever uh pursue some inner work where they turn inward can they yes sure we we have access to it but you know you have to want to too right i mean maybe eight you know you kind of look at it as age is the easy way to see it that you know you get to a certain point in life that you're just like you know this is like there's no point in this like you know I, I like, what is that going to do for me? So you can certainly see how that, but that can happen at any time in life, you know, that yeah. I don't want to do this. Like, this is too hard. Um, yeah. And you have to kind of, I don't know, be okay with it necessarily, but you kind of have to just embrace that person where they're at because, you know, like I said, I mean, the universe is going to talk to you that you have yeah. to be the one that, that ultimately listens. Um, so yeah, I think everybody's absolutely capable, but do we want to, or are we ready to? Maybe it's the best way to not necessarily want to, or you, are you ready to, and your readiness may not come until you're, you know, 70 or 90 when you're on your deathbed. Like, okay, hold on. Like, I got some things that I want to apologize for. Um, that no. you just hit the nail on the head. I thought <laughs> about that literally. I want to say this week, you know, I, I literally thought about it because my mother and I, we don't have the best relationship. Are we civil? Of course, you know, but we don't necessarily, 
we, we, we don't have, we have no depth. That's the yeah. best way to put it, right? Like we have no depth. And I said to myself, I, I, I'm a very vivid, imaginative individual, like no matter what it is, like I can close yeah. my eyes. The other day I, I blinked in conversation just like this. And I saw a vivid image of me opening a car door for my wife and daughter, which I have neither, but I saw it. <laughs> like, I literally saw the pavers in the driveway and like where we were, like I saw all yeah. of that. So the other night, I, like I said, I don't know if this was yesterday or the day before I literally blinked, saw my mother, you know, in her final days and her opening up finally and saying, Man. sorry, I projected the hurt of the divorce and the image of your father onto you, which she's openly admitted that before in arguments. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, some people just, yeah. and I, I, and again, not to be metaphysical here, you know, whether people believe this or not, I don't know if I do. I was born Catholic. So, you know, we're, we're taught not to believe in yep. numerous lifetimes, but I feel like if our souls do travel, you're going to show back up in another form of some sort until you learn the lessons. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, and, you know, a lot of, I mean, you get into, you know, all the different details of that, that, you know, there's a generation that didn't talk about it there and our generation is different. And, you know, I, my, my family dynamic is, is similar. I mean, I was raised Catholic, but we also going through the years here, I mean, we've, we have that different belief of things, but I have these conversations every day, um, you know, with people, but then it, I can see it already. I have a two-year-old and an eight-month-old and I, I look at it as, as not challenging moments and, and frustrating moments. It's like, okay, what am I being told to talk? You know, that guy mm. had these two, he has no idea what's going on. Right. It's my job to do that. But that's different for a lot of people, you know, and it's the same thing just from like, you know, that, you know, adult to their parent, you know, it, you can take the route of being frustrated because they don't get you um, or you don't have this relationship or you can try and see where and why and how they got to that. I, you know, I, I can't talk to them about this. Um, yeah. you know, I, I mean, and that's hard. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of probably where, the disconnect is at the moment when it comes to mental health issues is that you're forgetting there's the whole generation thing. I see every time I see it in, you know, in the news or this, this famous person said this or this belief in that I, my, I'm going to go off on a rant and we'll just cut it out. Um, <laughs> Don't cut it out. I just, I just, I just was about. talking to my brother the other day, like, you know, another article came up about um, JK Rowling and her, I don't know if you'd be like, you follow like her. I'm not so, familiar. No, no, So she's the author. I, I know of her. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> she has, and I, I have no idea cause I don't even want to get into those details of, you know, what, you know, the, like the, you know, the transgender issue is where it's coming from and what she said and what, but you can see it. And every time it pops up that does she mean any ill will? What's what she's saying? I don't think so, but I don't think I've yet to see anybody say, you know what? She comes from a, different generation of beliefs and values and understanding is she gonna ever, ever accept that you know this is what defines a woman versus you know how we look at it maybe not but you've got to admit that somewhere in there it's got to be confusing for somebody that grew up in this way to see it now i do i i i look at our kids and like you know i go i look back that we taught like I said, for 10 years, we were Montessori middle school teachers and Montessori philosophy is all about just like understanding, you know, the life skills of everything. And there was constant mm -hmm. conversations about what was in the news. And anytime I see these conversations about pronouns and transgenders and all these different things, I don't know how I would have those conversations with a middle schooler today if I were teaching, but I have two little ones that 
I'm going to have to have that conversation with. And nobody's having those conversations in an educational way. And I think that's what's happening with mental health, that we've done all this work about awareness. Now we have to do the education part of it, because otherwise we're just going to get stuck and you're going to get mad at people and cancel them or call them this name and that name. And it, and maybe they are an asshole. Maybe they just don't get it. And that's like you said, some people just don't want to heal past it, but yeah, I see things like that's just the easiest mean ill will maybe, but are we also giving them a chance to say, look, I don't go by he, he, him. I'm offended by that, but here's why, you know, it, you know, it's even for me, I'm, I'm like, I, I tell myself I'm the nicest person you'll never meet because no one's going to give me necessarily the chance when I walk around without full, you know, coverings here, I'm this six foot one built tattooed guy. You don't want to talk to me. You know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm surely going to be a jerk to you and not hold the door, but I am that nice guy. Right. And so that's kind of the perspective I take. And so even I'm worried when I go out and I'm very quick, I don't know how I picked up on the Southern hospitalities of things, but I'm the first person that's going to be, you know, say, thank you, ma'am, or no problem, sir. Or, you know, some, some, you know, term of pronoun. And I'm just waiting for someone to get mad at me for, you know, like it's not, you don't wear that badge. And so I say the same thing, you know, it's the same conversation I have with mental health. It's like, you can't, you can't get mad at somebody for that. Like you have to help them see what you're trying to see. You know, there's where these stories come from. It's like, how do we help them get to that point? And some parents want to have that conversation with their children, vice versa. And some of us just go, yeah, you don't get me and you never will. And then just, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. No, I get it. I think, you know, (laughs) just from this conversation alone, I think, what the world needs more is to revert back to something that we were all born out of. Every single one of us was born out of love. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I had a conversation with Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She has one of the most watched Ted talks ever. And long story short, she essentially died and then came back to life. Like she was pronounced dead in the hospital and then came back to life. Um, and she said something so powerful to me, you know, she said in its simplest form, you know, the meaning of life is love, but why have we strayed away from that? Like, why have we strayed away from love? And ultimately it comes down to, you know, all of the feelings that are on the surface, the anger, the fear, the, this, the, that, and projecting those outward. You know, I don't think anyone's actually ill and like, I don't think anyone actually has ill intention, but it goes back to what you were saying. Like, we have a lack of understanding, Yeah, you know, and that the, that lack of understanding can it's pushing us you know, away. Ca- yeah. it, it could cause a storm, you know. Yeah. So um, ultimately, though, I think the answer is love. Do I think we get there? Uh, potentially not in our lifetime, but, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we have a rise of some really influential leaders that could bring us back to, yeah. you know, throughout the entire globe, you know, the next uh, mother Teresa or whomever, I, I, I don't know, whoever yeah. people view as leaders, but uh, love is the answer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man, for telling me this story. Absolutely. What's your story is produced by me, JD with background piano music by Chad Lawson. 
these beautiful, inspiring, wonderful stories, they're all yours, listener. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that rang a bell with you today or something that truly touched your heart in today's episode, let me know by sending me an email at jd.jedi at fragilemoments.org. Or you can just tag the show at at StorySharingPod on Twitter as well as Instagram. Thanks once again for choosing to listen, and I look forward to hearing your story one day, because we all have within us a story to tell, a song yet unsung.